Welcome to Midnight Menu Plus One. I'm Ray Kanata. And I'm Margot Moss. It is midnight at Ted's Frost Hop on Claiborne and Calhoun in Uptown New Orleans. Once a week, Margot and I meet here at Ted's and we invite a member of New Orleans restaurant community to join us. We invite them to bring along a friend, a plus one. Now, we never know who the plus one's going to be, but we're looking forward to finding out along with you in just a few moments. But we do know who our special guest is tonight. In just a few moments, we are going to be welcoming the New Orleans original, Brad Wilkins. You may not know, he's been a pearl diver, a drummer with bands that have toured the country and Europe. He founded the 610 Stompers. But best of all, he is known, he's rightly known for being the owner and operator of Oak Street Cafe and also Adventures in Ice Cream. I can't wait to talk to Brad, and we'll have him on in just a few moments. But while, while we wait for that, um, Margo, what have you been up to? What did you have for dinner tonight? Well, tonight Meatball cooked up a gourmet burger for me at Ted's Frost Stop with uh, root beer candy bacon and grilled onions. So why isn't everybody here right now? To ha- I guess <laughs> that not everybody knows. Maybe they need to know that because that, he does that every week, doesn't he? Yes, he's going to be us. here just for us for Midnight Menu. He's now, where's that root beer made? That Do is they get made that at the grocery store? Is that is that something you can get anywhere well, at Pathmark? You can get it bottled at uh, oh, the new Fresh Market, but it's actually oh. uh, the original Frost Top recipe from 1927, and it's brewed in Ohio. That's crazy. They're bringing it back. So it's a proprietary brand basically just for Ted's Frost Top. Yeah, for Frost Tops. Yeah, for Frost Tops, Mr. Right. Sternberg started uh, t- this Ted's Frost Stop. He's still alive, isn't he? Yes, he is. He came to the the uh, grand opening I was of there. the new owners. and. Uh, nice. I was there in Elm's costume. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite rolling? costume. Were you a rolling? I was a, I was a, I was Elvi? a strolling Elvi that <laughs> night. But <laughs> wow. Well, well, I'll Ray, tell you what I had for dinner. You know what I had for dinner? I do. I do. Yes. But more importantly, yes. I have to tell you, I saw your film. Oh, I'm so sorry. In. No, I was. M- my husband and I were flipping through the channels. I've been dying to see it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I heard your voice on PBS. Nice. And the man who ate New Orleans, I unfortunately only got to see half of it. Did he give you an ingestion? <laughs> Watch me eat that much? <laughs> it was incredible. It oh, was very, man. very moving. And being oh. a local, I have to say it, uh, it, really, it really was moving to see oh. you um, appreciate so many things about this city and, and uh, he- hear your uh, passion for the people and the food and and really helping our city out and I, I think that's really what makes New Orleans a better place is people like you and other folks choosing to make it their home so I just um, wanted to say thank you well I oh that's sweet well I t- you know there's no higher compliment than that because I to me uh, that's my goal is to be a New Orleanian I'm, I'm trying I'm working on it <laughs> this radio show is part of that but uh, yeah it, it's just supposed to be a tasty love letter to the city and that's you know I found that this is a city that if you love it, it'll love you back. We're going to see that with Brad, actually, because Brad is, um, like many of our guests have been, he is not a native New Orleanian either, but he, he's a convert like me, he, and he got a passion for the city. We're going to hear more about that in a moment. Okay. Oh, yes. Oh. I didn't ask you what you ate. So what did I eat, Margo? I, I did. I made a wise choice tonight. My wife and I made a wise choice. We went to, actually, it was for lunch, um, but we went to, because uh, I was eating dinner here, I knew. We, we ate at Rouse's. Now, they have great prepared food around. I, to me, that's maybe my favorite prepared food in a grocery store I've ever been in my life. But but now they have an actual sit-down. You know, you have, you have table Which service. location? The one on Chapatulis actually has, I don't know if the others do, but the one on Chapatulis that I go to in, in Uptown has, um, has table service. And it was excellent. I mean, it was amazing. And I got um, Oysters Rockefeller. And it wasn't just regular. I mean, no, that's insane, Oysters, right? Oysters, Rockefeller. Right, no, at not at Antoine's. Nope, not Antoine's where it was invented, but across town at Rouse's. And I'll tell you what, in its own way, it was as good. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was, it was more of a soup, though. And it had, it had bacon in it, big chunks of bacon. It had, uh, had, had um, all kinds of uh, spices and herbs and onions. And it had some, you know, decent amount of uh, oysters in it. it was, and it was $10. And it was, it was so rich. I mean, I couldn't believe it. 
a lot of places that like you go in this town and you get oysters. You'll get two oyster Rockefeller for twelve. So wait, it's it was a soup, or was it in an oyster shell? Was it like no? There were no shells involved. I was disappointed because I'm collecting shells right now. It's another story, but the um, for, <laughs> for a craft project. But but um, but no, it was a. Um, and somehow we'll segue that into the pearl diving thing. I don't know, but yeah, no, I I um, it was it was like a soup. It was a very very thick soup. But it had like a crunchy thing on top. I, I really wish I had talked to the chef about it, but we were in a hurry. But it was. It, I, I, let me just say, this. go try it. It was incredible. My wife, for eight dollars, she just got a starter, and that was her main meal. And she's not. It. She 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 eats less than I do, obviously. But um, but she had a starter and it was filling. She had. It was like a, a mini gourmet pizza. And it was delicious. And I mean, really. And then there was some lanyap. They brought us out uh, a bunch of, of of little samples of things that were great. Did they bring it out because they knew you, or they were just no, being friendly? The, they didn't know the anything new... about the film or any of that stuff. I didn't gush. I was real low key. It was all just. I think it was just because they were just wanting. They're kind their clientele people. to try, try they're out. New Orleans, their... They're New Orleanians, and they know that they're supposed to give you extra the more that you ask for. That's what this town does, right? Lanyap. And so, lots of lanyap. They call it that too. So they, they pickle their own stuff, and they brought all this pickled stuff, and then. Then they had this candy they made. It was like a taffy that was like handmade. It was incredible. But um, handmade taffy. Yeah. Oh, it was unbelievable. All right. I can't gush about it enough. Really. It was, um, <laughs> they did not pay I me to I'm say that. I think I'm going there tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Do it. Uh, and here's our guest. Good timing. I see. Br- I see our special guest is here, Brad, D'Artagnan Wilkins. Hi, I think Brad. He, yes. Hola. Well, the first thing we wanted to know, Brad, was uh, what was the thing about being a pearl diver? What was that? Was that a joke? What, what does that mean? Pearl, uh, pearl diver is the slang for dishwasher. Ah. Pearl diver. Okay. Yeah. See, one well, of my first restaurant gigs. <laughs> yeah. Not That's quite a- as exciting as what we imagined. But, uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> well, you have enough else going for you. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, right I'm surprised y'all haven't How heard old that. were you when you uh, were pearl 17. diving? Yeah. Yeah, it was one of my first restaurant gigs. And you were born... In I was born in San Diego. San Diego? Yeah, California. My mom is from New Orleans. My family on my mama's side goes way back in far as 1700s. Wow. I think I got it. My mom's maiden name goes back, I don't know, I lost count of generations for me, but buried in St. Louis Cemetery in 1795. Nice. So we lived a full life here before that. And then was uh-huh. I think he was born in Montreal. Ah. As was my the next layer of ancestry above that, and so they came from France with the French army. Ah. So you probably related to my wife then. Yeah, she's she's a Forche, and they uh, our kids are eleventh generation New Orleans. And they may very well be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have to look that all up. And is yeah. that uh, how you, you did you come here growing up to visit? I did. Yeah, I would come often. I'd actually spend summers, and our family had a farm out by Opelousas, and I would spend oh. a month at a time on several occasions. And I guess some kids went to camp. My mom sent me with my grandpa to go live on the farm so for a gra- while. So your grandpa lived on the farm? Early on, probably in okay. the 30s. I believe my great-grandfather bought that farm in the late 20s. So who owned it when you would go visit it in the summer? The family collectively owned it. Ah, and then, still But my great-uncle lived there because he never got married. He went away to World ah. War II and never came back. I mean, when he came back, never got married. Never got a driver's license. Dude, total ah. farm boy, yeah. Wow, so he worked yeah. it. For the family, there, yeah. and the family Subsistence. owned it collectively, and they would yeah. send you out there to keep you out of trouble. Yeah, so I just go, yeah, exactly, no <laughs> air conditioning. Imagine living in, in the summertime in yeah. Louisiana with no air conditioning. Did you find so. ways to get in trouble anyway out there? Oh, yeah, I got in big trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I was a bad kid. Anything you want to share? Like buying bottle rockets and shooting them off and scaring the cattle and the chickens. <laughs> and then I decided to go for a walk, and I didn't tell anybody. And I walked, this is like a 40-some-odd acre old enough to know better <laughs> probably like 12 13 and they thought i was missing and they got the whole neighborhood looking for me and all i'm doing is walking around like in the in the Exploring. soybean fields yeah i'm having the time of my life <laughs> and they were looking all over frantic and like i remember neighbors hey are you that little boy blah blah i'm like yeah <laughs> hey, everybody's looking for you you gotta hurt and i remember that like and i felt so guilty and my grandpa was like crying like he really thought like an alligator got me or something you know so oh, wow yeah. well, i'm glad alligator didn't get you because then we it, wouldn't have oak street cafe exactly, today that's right so how did that happen you got here in 2004 and started a sn- no no before that though right oh i got here in 95 that's when i first 95 came back. so you had yeah. a snowball stand for a while before the snowball stand opened in 99 okay. on oak street and it used to be a snowball stand that was operated up until the 80s Ah. And I used to get my hair cut from Buddy the Barber on Oak Street. And right next door, you could clearly look through the window and see this was a snowball stand. But it had miscellaneous items stored in there. There's some people just using it for storage. 
Huh. So I got a hold of the owner and I said, I want to put a snowball stand back in there. Let's clear out all your stuff. And, and they're like, okay. <laughs> and so then I opened that. And then while I had the snowball, what is now Oak Street Cafe was a fledgling donut shop. And uh, the owner wanted to get out of it. And so he came and approached me and said, hey, you want to buy my assets and blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, in a heartbeat. So I basically bought them out. And then I changed it up and added the decor and gave it the pink color scheme and huh. kind of put my little little piece of my heart into it is what I did. So, All right. Yeah. What, what uh, gave you the confidence to to take on things like that when yeah. someone approached you i mean that's pretty uh were you just naive and young or you were confident from from experience up operating other i in back in, in in my history i was in high school promoting beer parties and i would get a band to come and play and then i charge everybody a buck or two at the door an entrepreneur <laughs> and I have like in 500 high school. people there like and then the cops would come and bust everything up and yeah, and I would promote shows so in my town. you're an entrepreneur from the beginning, Yeah, huh? from the get-go. And so I did that, and then, let's see, what else did I do? I played in bands and traveled and did some touring and some recording, and then I worked for a vending machine business. Yeah, wait, wait, you skipped over that too quick. You, okay. you played in some bands and you toured and recorded. That's, yeah. that, that deserves more than a sentence. It was, was a lot of like? fun. Yeah, that was like, a lot of fun. So you're full-time, like, traveling around, playing it was more still or less? It yeah. really wasn't, truthfully, it wasn't full-time, right. but it was underneath it all, like, how many musicians or artists you know that, you know, yeah. do all these different things, but they work at McDonald's, but they <laughs> tend bar or something, you know, or drive a truck. Did you play all around the country? Or where, Mostly play? the West Coast. Yeah, yeah. We opened up for a lot of notable bands from the 80s like huh. uh, we would do gigs with like um the bangles we opened for no them no kidding really wow um, um general public guy yeah, from the english I remember general public. we oh, did a sure. mini tour of the west coast with them I so y'all were public. like real musicians it wasn't yeah, yeah we were real I mean, yeah. <laughs> thank you yeah, yeah we were real we still are real musicians yeah i think so too well, you know, that's yeah, and we went to london and we played um we were on the same record label with the two members of the jam after the jam split yeah, then two yeah, of the yeah. members were on a record label holy crap we wow. recorded with that label too what so what was the name of your band the name at that time was a band manual scan Menu Which skin. still you can Google and still find us. I think we even have pieces on Pandora. I think you can find us. Oh wow! Or Groove Shark. I looked at Groove Shark and I was so surprised that there was a couple of our tunes on there. I'm that's like, really oh, that's cool. Kind of neat. Yeah, yeah. So did you so, record CDs and all that too? Um, we were recording vinyl. Yeah. In all that right. time in the '80s, and yeah, CDs came out. And yes, I am on CDs. We have a greatest hits of our band. It's a CD. Wow. And so yeah, and then I've been on compilations with other other bands from around the world, basically mostly English. Wow. And in Spain, they love us in Spain. So I don't know, go figure. I don't know why. Huh. So, and uh, you're still. Pl I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no. You're, you're, I'm just enthralled. Yeah. You're still uh, playing today, or are you working? just played an hour? Yeah, an hour ago. Yeah, you just got off of right. You're playing yeah. over at Matt Murphy's restaurant. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, at the Irish House. They have yeah. a jam session, Irish jam every Monday night, and so I started going and showing up. And uh, I was given a Baron drum. And so I started to play that, and I thought, well, you know what? And I met Matt, and he invited me to come down and play. And I thought, you know what? I got this drum, and I might as well do it. And so I've been having a ball. So that's something I look forward to every Monday night. All yeah. right. I also play in a samba band. A friend of mine, Josh, and I have a band called Boombador. Uh -huh. We play samba-style rhythms seasonally around Mardi Gras, around oh. Carnival. All right. So we do Where that. do you play? Um, we, do, we play for the Apocalypse Ball, which okay. is through LHA, Louisiana Himalaya okay. Association. And so, and that's an, an interesting group that's involved with, um, what's the best way to put this, in India to help refugees from Tibet. And huh. they're associated with Tulane University. People in, in the, like the um, Master's of Social Work program have opportunity to go to India for about a month and help with this, this program. Wow. So it's kind of an interesting Wait, thing. So I've the never program heard about has this. a Mardi Gras expression? Is that what you're telling me? N the, they have a ball. They called have a the ball. Apocalypse the program. Ball. Okay, now how many other places? This is crazy. <laughs> this is, <laughs> yeah. you know, this is That's like right. standard for you and the rest of us, but this is uh -huh. nuts for people yeah. that aren't used to this. Okay, yeah. so uh -huh. a university has a program that they're uh -huh. working with Tibet on social justice issues, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And. And and one way they express this is they have a Mardi Gras ball. They have a Mardi Gras ball. That's yeah, nuts. They, that you get hundreds happen. of people show up. That's okay. beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I went to Princeton. They you know they didn't do that. Wake Forest yeah. didn't do that. No, I mean that's you know, that's a New Orleans thing. That's, that's crazy. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean maybe a party, a cocktail party or something. That's just oh, a little yeah. different. You're talking about yeah. people in costumes and bands. It's a big and ball. It's costumes. The whole thing. They have, yeah, it's all set up. It's it, great. And it raises money for the um, yeah for exactly for refugees in Tibet basically. So so you can get drunk for a cause. That's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. 
Jam. <laughs> yeah, and there's other enough. bands that play, and yeah. then our samba band plays, and then Shagadao usually plays. Oh, I love Shagadao. You know, yeah. Brent, Brent Rose is a good friend of mine. Okay, yeah, 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 and yeah. Tato plays in our band. And Eduardo, also, too. I just saw Eduardo so, yeah. this weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, that's great. So it's kind of fun, yeah. So All right. we do that. I didn't know um, that. Yeah, wow. so musically, I have recently accompanied, well, it hasn't been recently, my musical... I don't know, history has gone from playing basic drums, playing rock, you know, but basically mod style, kind of 60s revival. And then kind of segued into Afro-Cuban. I was playing Afro-Cuban, playing congas, things like that. And then segued into Middle Eastern. So I was playing with belly dancers here in town, like the belly dance festivals and different gigs and stuff like that. So now I'm kind of in the samba thing, and now I'm getting into the Irish thing. So I still play the music, but for fun, not for profit. You're a musical gumbo. Musical gumbo, (laughs) Well, you know, this is a good segue because we Uh just met a couple seconds ago for the first Mm -hmm. time. You're... Uh, plus one, your your special guest one. that you yeah. chose. We we uh-huh. ask our our guests to bring a mystery guest, and we meet them when uh, that person arrives. And uh, your why don't you introduce your your special guest because she's a musician. All I'm right, told. this yeah. is Anya Doherty. She's from Ireland. Come on over. We're a little town north of Galway. Nice and to meet you. She's a singer songwriter and performs uh-huh. all over town. Thank oh, you wow. for coming and joining us. Thank you. How's it going? Now you have to yeah. tell me how do you pronounce your name? My name is Anya O'Doherty. Anya. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I can listen to you read the O'Darty. phone book. What <laughs> yeah. a beautiful voice. Uh-huh. Oh, oh wow. That's why I wanted her to come. Oh wow. <laughs> Do you sing too? Yeah, I'm a singer, songwriter, and um, I moved to New Orleans last year, uh, September 2011, and um, I've been here ever since and just started off in the Irish house um, I found out that Matt Murphy was opening up and I heard over in Ireland that he was opening up so I got in touch and they were talking uh, about it in Ireland yeah wow yeah, yeah it was um, just a friend of a friend of a friend and um, they, I just called him up one day and he was like I'm, I'm thinking about moving over um, and I was initially just for bartending and like it was very hard to just kind of jump in and go I want a gig so it was like you know a job for bartenders like, yeah he was like didn't know me right and he's like yeah come on head over no problem like so welcoming and then um they didn't do music so eventually within about three weeks i was there i i just suggested maybe you should do music some night <laughs> and um now they d- they do Did they know you're a musician when you started attending bar there not really no i and then <laughs> i played in the session they, they started the irish sessions oh, okay. there on monday night so i did like the first couple of weeks of that and um then suggested that they do music and it went really well and now they do music three nights a week they have different musicians from New Orleans and from all wow. around coming in huh. and it's just going off really well is it always Irish music or they do other kinds of music also no it's a good, good variation and even I do Irish music but I was also my, my mom was a singer in an American country band back in Ireland so I was brought up on a lot of like Johnny Cash Jolly Parton and Lou Harris and all that kind of thing wait, so wait slow down hold on a second so your Sorry. mom was in a country band American country band in Ireland. Yeah. So when she sang like Johnny Cash, was it with an Irish accent or did she sound American? We sound American. When I sing American, <laughs> it's American. Yeah. Oh, did you have to work no. hard on that, or did it? Does it? No, uh, you just listen to yeah. it. And you learn the accent, I guess, from it's, playing along with it. Or yeah, if I try to sing in my own accent in a country song, it doesn't happen. Like every now and then, you will get a word that your you know your your memory just sort of lapses, or you know your, your accent. Can we sort of hear comes a little in. bit? Can we? Yes. Hear a little, you guys brought your instruments, didn't you? Could you do that? Oh yeah, yeah. no, sing just a little country, just, yeah. just a little. Uh, um, I can do well. Jolene, 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 Jolene. I'm begging of you, please don't take my man. Jolene, 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 Take him, even though you can. Well, her beauty is beyond compare. Flame locks of auburn hair with ivory skin and eyes of emerald green. Her voice is like a breath of spring. Skin is soft like summer rain, and I cannot compete with you, Jolene. Jolene. Jolene, 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 I'm begging of you, please don't take my man. Jolene, Jolene, Jolene. 
session is on in the Irish House every Monday and it's, we, we randomly turn up as guarantee that there'll be the same musicians every Monday and then I play a lot in, in the Irish House the Kerry Irish Pub Finn McCool's um, and a few more new gigs that are kind of yeah. yeah it's a great great place um, and then any other venues in New Orleans that would like me to come along <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and anyone's <laughs> listening yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> wow that's not, you sound like you're from Tennessee when you sang that that's yeah, <laughs> yeah really uh, <laughs> I used to think my, my I used to hear Dolly Parton on the radio and I used to think that was my mom so I'd be like telling people like that's my mommy on the radio and <laughs> <laughs> mom would be like yeah it is <laughs> Wow, so you, so you all play together in the same band on Mondays? We do, yeah. but it is more, it's an informal jam session, so you yeah. can't exactly, can't guarantee who's going to be there, but up. yeah, we've been yeah. playing last few, yeah. And mm-hmm. is that, um, I noticed in your place, I read that you're celebrating eight years. Correct. Right. But mm-hmm. when you originally opened it, did you, because of your musical background, did that influence that the atmosphere, or did that evolve? It really did, and what appealed to me or what I felt inside was the nostalgia of eateries before the fast food invasion and musically that included a lot of the crooner kind of singers the Frank Sinatra's Um, that was kind of what I wanted to portray I'm a musician I've always loved swing Louis Prima people like that and so I went with that kind of um, motive I actually came across um, a series of photographs and a program of a Frank Sinatra concert that had pictures of Lucille Ball, Sonny and Cher, all these random things. And I thought, you know, this is old. These are nostalgic pictures. I started putting yeah. them up. Yeah, yeah. And then musicians started dropping in. And so somebody said, why don't you get a piano? I said, okay. So I got a piano. <laughs> and then I bought a bass and set that up in there. And so then different, like, Marsalises would show up and play various things. Different people would come and drop in and play music. So... The music was a natural fit for me, being that I'm a musician and I like to feed people so I can combine them both. So we can feed you and we can play some music for you. Well, Brad, I'll tell you, I'll I'll be walking down Oak Street because that's not too far from where I live and I walk Mm -hmm. everywhere. I'll walk down Oak Street. I'll be going to to Blue Cypress to get a book or going wherever, Mm -hmm. you know, um, drugstore there or whatever. And I have no intention of uh, stopping to have a meal. And then I see that bass in the window, Mm -hmm. you know, it just draws me in. It does. You know, and then I smell the food when I get in there and I can't can't stop myself. And so, yeah, (laughs) half the time I, I eat your place all the time, but half of the time it's unintentional. So, you know, so it's or it'll just be such a fun vibe too. There's always people eating outside there too, yeah. especially since they redid Oak Street. It seems like you have a little bit mm-hmm. more of a. You're at the end, so you have a little bit of a blowout right there. And it's yeah, like, yeah, it's nice. It's, that it's bump nice. out helps for parking issues and keeps traffic flow moving. Yeah. And so the sidewalk is extended. There's a lot more room, and so yeah, we can have that room to have the outdoor tables. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen your place empty. Every time you walk yeah. in, there's always a fun crowd. Yeah. And how have you seen Oak Street evolve over the past eight years? Do you, or and longer because you've been there longer. Yeah, Are you happy with um, what you've seen happen on Oak Street? Yeah, or? very. Because I really rolled the dice when I started. It was a totally different animal. Right. It was only dinnertime business was Giacomo's, and then the Maple Leaf was you know like a bar scene. So, yeah, when um, when I moved in. It, it, was really kind of like well this is going to be what this is i didn't really think ahead well maybe someday they'll renovate the street maybe someday we'll have this hurricane and it'll just totally change the city i never <laughs> thought about any of that you know right. it was just i lived literally right around the corner uh-huh. i watched the place as a donut shop and i would go in and patronize them and think i could do better and the uh-huh. guy running it ran into some issues in his personal life and decided he wanted to get out of it and so then that's when he approached me and so yeah I did come in so it gave me an opportunity I knew I always wanted to feed people uh-huh. and that it was important to me and I really moved to New Orleans to learn to cook in on a commercial level turn around and go back to San Diego and open up a place there uh-huh. but I just fell in love with the city the city has a way Can to leave. grab you yeah, yeah. I tried to leave. Yeah, she <laughs> I had to stay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I tried to leave and I came back so yeah, yeah. oh wow yeah. oh wow yeah 
Totally. Well, I'll give you one musical story while mm-hmm. we're on that, and I okay. want to ask you a bunch of other. I'm sure Margo has a lot of questions too. But one was mm-hmm. I was my wife and I were were enjoying. We go there a lot on Mondays. We'll, we'll have breakfast at your place, and mm-hmm. we were we were there. And um, you have uh, what's his name? The the slim guy who plays the piano a lot. I know it's two different guys. You have the British guy and you have the other slim guy. What's his yeah, name? Yeah, um, Charles. Charles, Charles. I was going to say Charlie. Okay. Charles or Chuck Farmer. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was in New Orleans Magazine a few months ago. He was, an article yeah. About him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he was playing and there was a woman who was just eating. I, I don't, you know, I don't think she was, no, she definitely wasn't with you all. She's just a customer. She was eating and she was just sort of really enjoying the piano and I, I watched her and she wasn't, she, after a while she was sort of like discarded her meal and she was kind of just watching him play and then she just started singing you know and cool. then he this, then he started changing the tune and then he sort of you know they, he improvised according to how she was singing next thing you know she she gets off on like she was doing Billy Sunday or uh, Billy Holiday's God mm-hmm. Bless the Child you know mm-hmm. and then and Sounds then people fun. started people started clapping so then she stood up you know right <laughs> it's on. like this it's one good. of those only in New Orleans moments then she finished her sandwich an egg sandwich and she left yeah, <laughs> it was like who was that woman? It could, yeah, it'll erupt in a spontaneous jam session. Yeah, yeah. yeah sometimes we we'll get horn players drop in. We have different people. Some people play bass. Sometimes I'll slip in on the drums and play congas on some tracks or something, and it evolves that way. And then uh, recently we have a clarinet player from Antwerp, Belgium, mm-hmm. and he came over last year. Spent about a month in New Orleans. He's here. Spent about a month, so he'll come by and plod the clarinets. And we had clarinet. We had trumpet bass, drums, and piano. Sort of like a full combo thing, but all spontaneous. Just everybody randomly showing up at that time. Yeah. So. You're not going to get that at Denny's, you know? No. No. <laughs> no. Wow. Well, um, I wanted to ask you, you, you have how many children? I have two. Two. Mm-hmm. They're adults now. They're probably Almost, not children. Almost, yeah. 17 yeah. and 20. Yeah. So they grew up in New Orleans. You, you, for the most part, yeah, they were very young when we moved here. Yeah, they weren't. Neither of them were born here, but yeah, they. From kinder, my little girl was in kindergarten when she started here in New Orleans, and so having the snowball stand gave them an opportunity to be involved and to help out, and they would make snowballs for people, learn customer service skills, uh. and then uh, neither one of them, even at a young age, had any real sort of phobia or fear of dealing with the public. Somebody come in and say, Aka has a large, you know, nectar snowball with condensed milk. And they'd be like, okay. And then they would make it for him and hand it to him and take the money. It wasn't like they sat there shivering in fear, you know. So uh. th- both of them, I think, have a, 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 a large degree of confidence from at an early age being able to interact with people. So, Did you ever, um, so you never thought about leaving when they were teenagers or, I mean, you were always confident about yeah, there's never been a time it. that I wanted to leave the city with them. That's great. So, no, never. Yeah, yeah, I've always wanted them to. I grew up in a suburban environment, you know, which I thought was largely sterile. And we would need to go into town to go to a, a groovy coffee house or to go hear some singer-songwriter or something. That didn't happen in our community. So I wanted my children to be able to be in a, in a city that's rich in culture or music and food and so now i've got one mm-hmm. that gets to live here she lives in the Marini now and another one that lives with her mom in florida who is missing out but when she comes <laughs> here she loves she'll it. be back and she's comfortable yeah she comes a couple times a year and fits right in doesn't skip a beat you know we feel the same way when we felt the city was going to get wrecked for gustav and then again with isaac when we worried the first thing my wife and i think is like where else can we raise our kids and we feel like this is the best place in the world to raise mm-hmm. kids yeah yeah mm-hmm. you get it some people get it yeah some people don't you know, and that's okay if they move away. You know, yeah. just we need to free up room for people that really mm-hmm. want to be here. And I, I don't know if y'all noticed. My my personal assessment is people that live in New Orleans love live in New Orleans. Yes. We'll brag about it. We're very proud of it. And there are other cities in the country where I know people from, and, they, and they're like, meh. They don't really get excited about much about anything. They don't really have that level. But here, people that really do love to be here, you know that they love to be here. Without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we were coming to the point in our show where speaking, we're going back to the 80s a little bit here okay. because this was a book, you, you're probably not familiar with it, Before but it's called The Book of <laughs> Questions and it was popular in the 80s. So um, what we're going to have y'all do is pick a number, each of y'all pick a number between 1 and 217 and I'm going to, ran- you're going to randomly get asked a question 
and you must answer it. You must answer it, even no if you what. think it's silly or Lie to bizarre. Us if you have to. Yes, <laughs> you must. <laughs> you want him to go. Yeah, let's let's, let's, okay. let's put you on the spot okay. first. Since uh, okay. okay, what's your favorite number between one and two hundred and seventeen? I just pick one nineteen. One nineteen. He was very confident of that number. <laughs> There's something special about that number. I, think. I don't know if it's anything special. It's random. Sounds like a good random number. Okay, 119. Mm-hmm. If this country were to suffer an unprovoked nuclear attack oh, and would Reagan be era. totally obliterated in a matter of minutes, would you favor unleashing the U.S. nuclear arsenal upon the attackers? Yes. Yes. Is that a trick question? No, Because if we were no. totally obliterated, would we have that opportunity? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we'd have a few minutes. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, your answer is yes. Okay, my answer is uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. okay. Uh-huh. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't need to interrogate you further no? about that. That's, that's <laughs> no explanation. <laughs> no, no. It's either yes or no. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right. That's a very 80s question, too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I remember being terrified of that in the 80s, yeah. Well, that's all been yeah. Reagan in the White yeah, House. Right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Right. Okay, you Violent ready? Yeah. About that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'll go with a famous Irish number, thirty-three. You so say that well, so well, no. Ross pretty. Say it so many times. Say, <laughs> say it again. Over over say again. it again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number thirty-three. What is the greatest accomplishment of your life? Wow. And if there is there anything you hope to do that is even better? Wow. Mm. I would probably honestly say um, coming here in 2011 and making New Orleans my home um, because I've been on the road for the last six or seven years and I was always kind of trying to find somewhere that I could base myself and not be living out of a suitcase and apart from my hometown in in Donegal in in Ireland, New Orleans and I'm happy that I've been accepted hopefully uh, uh, into the city. And, oh, um, a sweet answer, yeah. Didn't any better? Not, not right now. I'm, 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 I'm good. I'm good. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. New Orleans is just, like you said it. It's just, it's a fantastic city. I tour around so much around America, and oh. we're just, we are spoiled here. It's, it's so good, but in, in a good way. I don't like being told, you know, at, at two o'clock I can have a drink, or I can't. <laughs> <laughs> there's no last yeah. call in New yeah. Orleans. <laughs> there's yeah. no last call in New no. Orleans. You know, there's bars in the French Quarter that don't have locks in the door, literally, because they never close. No, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, it's we shouldn't be told no. I don't like we're all adults and you know, you know, freedom and people and everything. Just, I just like being being able. New Orleans is like if you want, yes, and if wow. you don't, no. It's fine. So that's, yeah, well, it's yeah. Great. Tell us where you where you toured. Where 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 else did you travel when you toured? You say you toured about six years around. Where, where yeah. did you perform? Um, New York, New Jersey, um, Philadelphia, South Carolina, Florida, Austin, um, Nashville, Memphis, California, wow. San Diego, um, Los Angeles. I never did like the Northwest and kind of up that. Line no Montana. No, 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 <laughs> no. I think I'm gonna go there when I'm when I'm 75 and rent a little cottage in the the yeah the, out there somewhere. But um, until then, just hit the the spots. But um, it's just America is an amazing place. I I don't want to go anywhere else. Um, wow. Yeah, just I it, it's just a great country. Uh. You're very lucky, and I hope that I can stay here for as long as I can. And well, yes. I'm not native to here either, and okay. <laughs> I, you know I've, I've learned that I, I feel like if you love New Orleans, New Orleans love you back. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it doesn't mean you can't be critical of certain parts of it, yeah, and certain things about it. But if in your heart you're really coming from a place of loyalty here and you really love it, like I hear you say, yeah, uh, I think the city will love you back. Yeah. Um, well, I got a question for you. What about Irish food? Do you get any? Do you miss any Irish? Do you get much Irish food here in New Orleans? Is there anything you miss that you can't really eat here that you 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 pine for for back home? Yeah, um, we. You call them chips. We call them crisps. Um, the, so you have like Lay's and you know Doritos and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But we just have like a cheese and onion. They're called Tato. Tato is the so potato. Tato yeah. is the company that that the the big Irish crisp making company, and they have cheese and onion flavor, salt and vinegar, and pickled onion and smoky bacon and all this kind of stuff. But you don't uh, really get the same get that here, huh? flavors here. Uh, okay. And um, the chocolate as well. Chocolate here is a little bit sweeter. 
So you do get if you go to international store, you can get stuff like that. So is it darker chocolate there, less milk chocolate, it's, or it's is more it milk chocolate, but it's less, less kind sweet. of sweet kind of thing. Ah. Uh, um, but I get the odd package home. There was secret package over, you know, across across the water and <laughs> stuff that <laughs> mom and dad send over to me. So it's it's good. So you can always get stuff. But the international store, just out on airline drive around okay. there, like we can always get stuff there. So it's not. Do you bad. cook? Do you cook? Yeah. Anymore? Not very well, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, rices. I love rices. Oh, uh, we, we do were too. About we, were dis- yeah. we were discussing about rices right before you came in. Yeah, I just yeah, live in Mid City beside rices, and just uh, can go in. And last night I went in and got like a, a, a chicken breast wrapped in pineapple with yeah, or, and bacon. And you, know, you can just go in like I'm single, just living on my own. So it's you know you can you don't have to go in and you know buy like six chicken fillets and have to stock up the fridge. You can go in and get your nice little thing freshly made. Lo- lo- lovely fresh vegetables and it's uh, and they're so helpful in there and so nice it's just like walking into a local store in Ireland yeah. and have conversations with the people and everything so yes rices I lived in New Jersey for I don't know how too long way too long and I don't I don't I never got to know the first name of anybody in any of the grocery stores I feel like I have a relationship with everybody at all the grocery stores that I walk to for my yeah. home rouses being one of them yeah, yeah. it's a different way yeah. of doing groceries yeah. here it's great yeah they, they, they've got to yeah. do it very well. So yes. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm already having a hard time. I want to say your name. Can you say it one more time? Okay. Um, it's spelled A-I-N-E. And on the A, there's what we call a father. So it's like an axon in French, you know, just like the stroke on the top. So father means longer. So it means whatever letter, it goes over vowels. So when it goes over a vowel, it makes the vowel longer. So it looks like A-I-N-E, A-I-N-E but when you put A-N-E. the father, it goes A. So uh-huh. A goes A, so it's Anya. Anya. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anya. Anya. Like I would Russian, like to huh? ask you mm-hmm. about, you have a fleur-de-lis tattoo on your neck. Is yes. that new since you've been to New Orleans? Did or you did you, you come here? with that no, to the city? No, I got that. I was at a friend's birthday party and they hired in a tattoo artist. And um, it was last April. And Before uh, you moved here? No. no right. Since yeah, I, I, yeah right. I was here. Okay. And, um, yeah, I just... Wait, so you got your tattoo on a whim? You were just at a party and a guy was giving out tattoos and you got it? I always wanted a fleur de lis or like for, for, for the few few months and I had a few drinks and I was like a little oh, yes. more eager to get the tattoo. <laughs> and did you have something on your arm too? I or have it. There's a, a music. Oh, that's pretty. Here. Treble cliff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Multicolored. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, then I have a lovely tattoo there I done by a local artist, AJ Keenan. She works at Idle Hands on Magazine Street. So oh. and yeah, excellent tattoo artist. So yeah, another one from from AJ. So two two local tattoos I've got so far. So how many tattoos do you have total? Six. Six and two <laughs> two, two in the last few years since Brad, you've been here. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I see do you trying. have any tattoos? I have no tattoos. Uh, <laughs> do I, do <laughs> your girls? Either of your girls that no, you know of? Not they yet. Have? But they have a biblical restriction on that, like they're not supposed to mark their their bodies. So I don't oh, know if they'll live up Jewish? to that or not. They're not Jewish, are they're, they're, they are. They're oh, mother. They are. Of, yeah, oh, the mother is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, Margaret's Jewish. I'm, I'm, my mother's Jewish. I'm yeah. I'm the goy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like to see. Like, no, I'm not a Muslim. <laughs> I've been an honorary member of the tribe for a long time. <laughs> You're a <laughs> mat. <laughs> and I loved all the Yiddish words too. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, now, now, do you still have the ice cream place going too? Or? I do. Yeah, I yeah. So tell us about that. Um, that was project basically to give my daughter something to do. It was either um, go to school or move out or do that. And so we opted to do that, and she didn't. It wasn't for her. Okay. So she needed to find so something running, else to so do. So you still so have some else running it now? Yeah. So now I have somebody else running it, and then we're working on changing up the design and spending some more time on it and fixing it up and she's going back to you know so i so like it works out. you know you, you have you. local flavors there have local yeah. ice cream it's yeah. made for the dairies within around 50 miles climb peter yeah, yeah, they yeah. feature no growth hormone in their ice cream so i feel good right. about slinging oh, it yeah. and the flavors are really good i genuinely i shopped around i looked at a couple of other dairies yeah. and i thought you know this is the one yeah it's good for it's better for you at least it's less bad for you i mean you know ice cream's got milk fat so, but it tastes so good. Oh, yeah. And you uh, like to support local, do as much much local yeah. in your mm-hmm. place as well, right? Yeah. In the restaurant? Mm-hmm. I try. Yeah. yeah. And um, I like to use fresh produce. I like to do things with um, vegetables and fruits. 
but mostly I'm cooking. I use blueberries a lot. I use strawberries, blackberries, raspberries. Um, then from a scramble standpoint, I try to integrate regional things like like the mofaletta has an olive medley on a sandwich. I thought, mm. well, why can't I scramble that olive medley with artichoke hearts and some feta cheese oh. and some tomatoes? And, How and have I not works. had that yet? How did I miss uh, that it's one? It's on there. You it's know? fairly new? Um, in in different, one, different forms or another, Mediterranean scramble started out as a, a weekly special and then due to popularity just decided to put it on the permanent menu. Nice. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your menu has gotten like that. more and more creative I feel like and it's gotten bigger and bigger Thank you for saying. Yeah, 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 it has. Yeah, we started out just a basic breakfast joint and um, yeah. kind of taking that and we needed to go to another level with it. You know, there's yeah. only so much you do with scrambled eggs and bacon and toast. Yeah. So let's add some things. Let's bring in fresh produce. Let's... Uh, scramble things and make omelets with them but you know then we'll have baby spinach leaf we'll grill onions we'll grill peppers so yeah well we're on the we're on the topic of you of 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 cooking Mm -hmm. um margo had a question for you (laughs) (laughs) let me see well i think ray's talking about um shortcut shortcuts Yes. yes okay um we are this is a point in the show where we would like to know if there is any shortcuts that you use in your restaurant secrets or you know something we recently that found out that Tori McPhail uses Chef Boyardee for his spaghetti <laughs> no he doesn't <laughs> but you know something yeah. you know you know how something that is that so makes something that makes the process easier a little and easier you quicker that maybe you embellish yeah there are things like the use of like our black beans there we go. It w- I used to use a dry black bean and make them, and then it occurred to me. And how long due would that to take? space? Yeah, it takes hours. You have a big giant pot, and I thought, and then I started trying some some canned black beans, and I know that we can doctor that up. It's our, the the cooking process has already been done, but I think the basic flavor is enough that we can add our own seasoning and cilantro and some things, and then we can bring it right back to where it would have been if we were making the whole thing. So yeah, that would be a little little shortcut and a little secret. That's oh, great to know. know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're mostly doing this for selfish reasons. We want to. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Margo and I are both lazy cooks, yeah. but we like to eat a lot, yeah. so we're yeah. trying to find some ways it, to. With my salsa, the best salsa recipe I was able to, uh, able to find was using a canned diced tomato, oh. as opposed to like getting fresh tomatoes and try to get guarantee oh. consistency on a tomato in this town is impossible. <laughs> but I can guarantee consistency of green onion. Cilantro is always going to taste like cilantro. Interesting. And I use a little apple cider vinegar in my, my salsa. So I'll use canned tomatoes. But add those other ingredients and then blend it to not where it's a puree or really fine, but still somewhat chunky. So I find I get a really authentic Mexican salsa flavor with that. Nice. Oh, all right. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. pleasure. Well, you know, I had another mm-hmm. question for you. Um, Anya, have you been to Po'boy Fest yet? Were you here last year for Po'boy Fest? Yes. I, uh, I, <laughs> I was there. Was it, yeah, on Oak Street. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I look uh, forward to that every year, and that must be a big event for you, right? It's very big, yeah. Did you enjoy it? Excellent. And the, the, the bands on each end of the yes, street. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. Who'd you hear? Do you remember? Um, oh, I, I, uh, I can't really remember now. But I know I, I ate Po'boy's. I had... Some sort of cannelloni, cannelloni, some Italian thing, and then um, some, some something in a like a bread, but it was a soup bowl almost, and then the soup or whatever was inside it. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I forget uh, who did that, but I remember yeah, that too. Yeah, it was yeah, gorgeous as well. So yeah, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> So is, is that coming up soon again? It is coming up at what, November 17th or something like that, or 18th? Yeah, mid part of November. 18th, yeah. I think, I yeah. I forgot the exact then, address. Yeah. That's exciting. Exact okay. time. So do you get all geared up for that? Yeah, we get geared up for it, yeah. And this year I heard they're going to be trying to spread the crowd out a little bit more because it gets impossible to walk even there. It's gotten so big. We were a victim of our own success. Yeah. I was president of the Oak Street Association when we conceived ah. that, and the festival was conceived on one of my tables at the cafe. <laughs> no kidding. I didn't know that. I, I, was, not, I was not prepared we, for that. That's great. We had a representative yeah. from the state. We had Sandy from Leidenheimer okay. saying we want to sponsor a festival. State of Louisiana saying we want to give money to somebody that's going to sponsor a festival. And we all looked at each other and we're like, this is a no-brainer, so we'll have a po'boy festival. And um, we started doing that. I guess we're going to work four it's years now. It's brilliant. So. I mean, I can't believe it wasn't done Yeah, I mean, it was like a perfect fit. It yeah, it really was. Now, see, it's on a Sunday. Yeah. 
I'm in the church, you know. That's my, that's that's mm-hmm. what I do. Yeah, <laughs> and that's a that's a hard day to concentrate in church because I keep thinking about what pool boys I'm going to get as yeah. soon as I leave there. Yeah. You know, there's always a I good variety. Up. Yeah, of right. I try to fast the day before because I just yeah. I just gorge myself yeah. that day. You, you can't help idea. yourself. Yeah, it's yeah. unbelievable. Um, well, I ha- we're running out of time, and I have okay. a couple more really important questions to ask you. One is okay. I can't believe we've gone this far without asking about six ten stompers. Okay. The sure. most you know, one of the most <laughs> the second most interesting group in New Orleans after the Rolling Elvi, I think, you know? <laughs> After the Rolling Elvi. <laughs> That's right. Now you were in the Macy's Day did you go? We, yeah I did. We were we, Well first uh, of all tell people what if they're not familiar, what is what are the six ten stompers and how they, you, you were a founder, right? Weren't no, you? No, I'm not a charter member I've okay. second year. Okay, okay. Second go around. Well, tell us about them. Um Six and Stompers, I believe, are started as somewhat of a reaction to the female dance groups or Mardi Gras marching or dancing crews. Right. Organ like grinders to call them. and the organ yeah, grinders. camel toe steppers and yeah, all that. Yeah, camel toe, lady steppers, yeah. pussyfooters. So right. all those groups had been, and pussyfooters made 11 years, maybe going on 12 years wow. now. Sirens. And so it's just sirens. Yeah, right. And so it's all girls. Yeah. And it wasn't until um, the Rolling Elvi came up with Jailhouse yeah. Rockers, really, right. that were like the second one. So Stompers yeah. kind of spearheaded it. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of almost like a reaction, almost a dare, where the founders are like watching a girl group go by. You know, we could do that. We could maybe better. <laughs> and then the founder's wife going, yeah, I'd like to see you try. You know, you're all t- <laughs> And he went out and he started recruiting other people and sharing the idea. And then it took off. At the time when I saw their very first performance, I was with the Pussyfooters as a pussy handler. Ah. And the pussy handler's responsibility is to take care of the girls, carry their things on the parade route, make sure people clear out of the street, carry the banner. So I was doing that. And at the Pussyfooter Blush Ball was the very first performance of the Six Sense Stompers. Oh. So here I'm being on the sidelines, helping the girls have their day in the sun. Yeah. And I saw these guys and I told myself, I got to do that. I That's do what that. I'm going to do. And so I, cool. I knew a couple of the members. I saw them, haven't known them from being around town. And a couple of the guys from Squeal. Right, right. And two of the brothers. Yeah, right, so. right, 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 right down the block yeah, from me. Yeah, down the block from me. So now, describe the, describe the costume, the uh, the prescribed costume the, for Six Cents Dompers. The costume yeah. features. Have you seen a, them? Yeah. A, <laughs> a bright red satin jacket. Bright red satin jacket. With um, powder blue Sansa belt polyester coaches shorts. Sweet. Some of us may remember coaches oh, in yeah. high school or college <laughs> wearing those things. Yeah. And tube socks with stripes, and we nice. wear spray painted gold tennis shoes. Nice. Headbands, wristbands. And we have the headbands and wristbands. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, yeah. And the t shirt so, with the logo. Yeah, we all, usually, yeah. Were for summer attire, or winter attire, includes a tank top. With the jacket over the top of that, and the shorts, the tube socks, and the gold shoes. So, Sweet. Yeah. All shapes and sizes, all ages There's included. all of us, yeah. There's guys in their early 20s, and there's guys in their mid-60s that do it. And, and how uh, often do you all practice? In season, we practice every other week. And then once we learn the dances, then it's just a matter of just right. going to performances and you <laughs> know keep, keep practicing that way. But... Yeah, so when we kind of gear up. Season is really gearing up toward Mardi Gras. Yeah, first, oh, go ahead. I was going to say we were invited to the people that produced the parade, the, the Macy's, Macy's Thanksgiving State parade, parade yeah. in New York City. So they saw us at a parade and thought we got to have those guys. So we were invited there. We had a great time. I'll tell you, that is beyond extraordinary because when, when you think about this, Okay, that's the most famous parade in America. It shouldn't be. I mean, it's. Uh, I won't get into. The Rose Parade. I wrote an essay about it comparing Mardi Gras parades to Macy's Day Parade, and there's yeah. no competition. You know, they're a half mile long or whatever it is, three quarters of a mile. Mardi Gras yeah. six miles, whatever. But but I'm not putting it down. What I want to say about it is, it's all ads for stuff. It's all floats like about Disney, and then you guys come along. You're not selling anything. Yeah, we're not selling. And all anything. the rest of it is so anesthetized, and it's so just sort of Correct. you know sanitized is what I meant yeah. to say, sanitized. And then you guys come in, you're just wackos, right? Yeah. You've got headbands, and you're like all different shapes and sizes, and you're dancing Absolutely. around. And they didn't know what to do with you. I, I remember seeing on TV, and the announcers moves. were just like, what was that? You know? <laughs> yeah, I was watching it with my in-laws in Boston, and it's, I, uh, I love my in-laws, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, not that exciting up there in yeah. Framingham every Thanksgiving. But uh, <laughs> we were watching the Macy's Day Parade. Framingham, Massachusetts. Framingham, yeah, yeah. Massachusetts, yeah. yep. And um, that was really exciting to mm-hmm. they 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 love New Orleans, yeah. but they it was a little, you know, shocking and exciting, and it was it was 
the best part of my my Thanksgiving vacation to <laughs> watching watch. their reaction yes, to the six ten stoppers. <laughs> we brought a level of joy and surprise to yeah. countless people. Oh, I bet. After being in parades in New Orleans and then being in a parade there, my observations were there was no drinking. New York doesn't no, allow any no. drinking on the street. They don't even allow soda. People were dressed. <laughs> you well. can't have a Coke in New in New York. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, now you can. So <laughs> reserved, like now, well, well, like the, dressed the crowd up was like behaved. A... They were wearing nice big wool jackets and gloves and hats, and they stayed behind the barricades. And there were no litter in the no street. Litter in the streets. I will grant them that. And that sounds boring. As you were saying, as far as the artists, it, they were generally they're selling something. The Energizer Bunny followed us down this right, journey, right, right, right. and then um, there was the cast That's of a Broadway play, right? And the, they will either walk or they'll sit in a vehicle and make the route, and then they'll get out in front of the cameras. Right. There's one spot with the cameras set up, and then they'll do their, their do performance. The yeah. Right. We danced the whole way. Right. Whereas everybody else just kind of went by and waved and from the car. And how did the crowd react to y'all? Did the they... crowd loved us. Oh, you must have been the best thing And you could hear ahead, it was somewhat silent. We would maybe round a corner doing our moves or something, and then the crowd would go nuts. <laughs> Cops would pull out their, their mobile phones and start <laughs> taking pictures of us, and they were laughing. People were hanging out of buildings and clapping. And oh. I came across a video on YouTube of, of a former LSU student filming out of their apartment window. Look at six and summer. Look, I'm so glad I went to LSU. They were saying all these wonderful <laughs> things about us, and I thought that's really flattering. That's nice. Wow. wow. So, yeah, it was a hell of an experience. Bring a little bit of joy, New mm-hmm. Orleans joy yeah. to the – other parts kind of spreading the love you know oh yeah Do yeah well, that's like the bumper sticker be New Orleanian wherever you are you know mm-hmm. if you can make some New Orleans, if you make some New Orleanian converts of New York you know mm-hmm. they don't have to move here they can just be that way there that's right you know? they can be yeah Absolutely. and do you uh, are, is there anything in the works in the future are they gonna uh for Stompers, for Stompers being yeah, you have, in the you have any scoops again, for us? They were. They <laughs> did tell us that not, that they were not going to be inviting us back next year. They let that be known right away. I think that we are more or less a novelty. I think they stirred the pot a little bit by bringing us, but I don't think they wanted to make us a regular attraction every year. We got to think how much it it costs them per second to be on the air, and they they have it so well. It's a well-oiled machine, and there's you know, as as opposed to Mardi Gras, where you're not allowed to sell anything. Nobody's selling anything. It's all a free party thrown for the world, and it goes on for two weeks. Exactly. And Macy's Day is all just sort of regimented. It's pretty much they're promoting. They had y'all, and that's a. One but that costs them money to do that. It and I does. Think now they can fill in your spot a, a, a Mickey Mouse thing or something and <laughs> get some advertising money. Yeah. Energizer yeah. bunnies or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. There was that, and then there's um, the floats. There's an actor, and I shame on me for not paying attention, but he was played a Harry Potter. Oh. And he was the main in guy? a Broadway play. I don't know. I should, oh, yeah, yeah. He was doing Broadway. I saw that in magazines. So yeah. he came into the, the makeup section in oh, um, cool. the makeup counter inside Macy's while we waited for our rehearsal. So he came in with his posse, and we were all hanging out together kind of in the same thing. He was like, hey, that's the guy from Harry Potter over there. And he's probably like, hey, that's those guys from New Orleans <laughs> over there. <laughs> <laughs> and when the Stompers were on the Today Show and got to nice. use Justin Bieber's. Um, his dressing room. And so he was on before <laughs> us. So after he cleared out, they let us in and use his dressing room. Because so. <laughs> you guys are just like Justin Bieber. Yeah. Just like, yeah. Now, how we many have, stompers are there? Right now, we just had um, a second round of auditions. You have to turn a lot of people away. It's so yeah, we had 200 um, attempted or guys auditioned or tried out. And we accepted 20. Wow. So that's a lot of, yeah. Wow. So now we're up hard, to yeah. just under exclusive. 100 guys. Yeah. Pretty, is it? It's difficult to get in. Yeah. But we're not, we, we are not judging on the ability to dance. We're looking at character and we're looking at the people. We're yeah. looking at personalities. Yeah. Do we want to hang around with this guy? Does this guy look? Some of the guys that we have chosen, dare I say, they don't fit the category of like particularly well dressed or in shape fit guys. You know, we're not, none of us were across the board. Right. And so we bring in guys with different shapes and different backgrounds and different persuasions, but we do all get along. And I found found for a group of a hundred guys a very very tiny amount of drama. What I see is enormous amount of camaraderie, yeah. a certain sense of fraternity. We are basically yeah. a fraternal organization. Yeah. And everything is for charity. Every right. kind of event, if we get paid, it turns around and gets donated to somebody for something. Wonderful. That's great. So, and then that could be something as simple as a creative art project, um, Art Spot Productions. Um, they were a recipient of a six hundred ten dollar grant that we did, and 
So, yeah, everything we do is for fun, and uh, it's for charity. So there's no money. And, yeah, we're not trying to sell anything. So. All right. Well, we're, we're Anya, I, I just I, I want to hear you talk. I'm just looking for excuses to ask you things. <laughs> I, love your, I love your voice so much. But do uh, you have any favorite restaurants so far since you've been here? Um, Places to go back to a lot besides Oak Street Cafe, Oak Street and, Cafe. and besides uh, Irish House? Irish House. <laughs> I visited... Um, Parkway Po' Boys for the first time Oh, today. it's so good. Yeah, and um, I honestly, that, that's, it was amazing. The, the bread was just like clouds and just <laughs> fluffy and creamy. And I had, I had the Pope, the turkey, Po' Boy, but it, just the turkey was so tasty and everything. So I would, I actually, I live about six or seven blocks away from there. Oh, so I think I'm probably going to be there for lunch every day for for as long but um, I, yeah I think I'll be, I'll be going back there so oh, that's, that's, that, that's my number one for good choice yeah yeah great yeah, and Justin Kennedy the, the manager there as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah he's, he's a, a great guy yeah he was actually in the Irish house tonight at the session so um, oh. yeah, yeah I interviewed him for guy. a film for that man who ate New Orleans film I got to oh yeah yeah he's in that a little bit yeah okay yeah, yeah. great guy great place yeah. so, great yeah. great guy yeah. down to earth guy yeah 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 great yeah. so yeah. There and I, I visit La Peniche every now and then at five a.m. in the morning after. A gig. <laughs> <laughs> that's, oh, that's good too. Yeah, yeah that's it's, good. it's good for five a.m. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's always yeah. open. Yeah, always yeah. interesting. You know, see yeah. very fun things. So yeah, so yeah, there. Well, like yeah. a lot of places in New Orleans, it's like the people watching is even greater than the food. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just yeah. went down today and just cycled around uh, French Quarter and that, and just you know, just just yeah. park your bike and sit and have a little gawk. <laughs> yeah, go back up to mid city and <laughs> so yeah it's just yeah another new orleans factor it's yeah mid city is such a wonderful neighborhood too yeah. i'm yeah. an uptowner but i love mid city as well yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a great great neighborhood yeah um well we're almost out of time and brad i wanted to ask you though about um about post katrina oak street because a lot was written about that immediately after the storm and you were probably involved in a little bit of drama i'll just tell you personally the first time i ever ate in oak street i remember i was with a friend of mine who was um who was very involved in the community i just moved here it was january or february of 06 and uh i asked him where he wanted to go to lunch and he said oh we got to go to oak street i said oh, they, have, they have good food said, yeah they have good food but I, I just really just want to i just love him because he was he was serving all i saw him out there serving all the meals to the um to all the uh national guard and the people that were helping out and you had a reputation for that in oak street at the time he lived right off of oak street uh, tell me a little bit about what what was it like after Katrina on Oak Street? What what was I know there's a lot of stuff that happened on Oak. It was sort of a focus of some particularly ugly and beautiful things. Yeah, and we would see the beauty in people. We would see the ugly. We would see that the storm brought out the best in people, and it brought out the worst in others. But I believe it brought out the worst in far fewer people than it did right. bring out the best. And we did see neighbors helping neighbors. We would see everyone share their story. Everyone was telling us, oh, well, I don't have a kitchen right now, and my roof in the back of my house is gone, and or I lost everything, I don't know where I'm staying. We heard everything, and we, I appreciated my role in the community as sort of a, a, bullet, a bulletin board or a, like a communication center. Because right, people right. would come to a public place where they could sit down and somebody could cook for them. Well, the storm was August 29th. When did you reopen? We opened by the end of September. That's impressive. Yeah. yeah we were one of the first people right. to open. Because I came soon. down here in the first week of October, and it was so hard to find a place to eat. Yeah, and that's so, really so, tough. So it was open that first week yeah. in October, and you were open a week before I, that. I think a lot of it had to do with the, um, with the power. Yeah. We were lucky, and our, our restaurant sits on a different power grid than Oak Street itself. Huh. So we actually got power back before the Maple Leaf. Wow. Um, one of the first things we did is um, went to the Maple Leaf. I know a lot of people went, and um, John Groh was playing organ, and he was playing off of a generator and had one or two light bulbs. And But I had power in my ice maker, so I was bringing my ice down to keep the beers cold. Uh-huh. And that was a real sense of community because you had people from the neighborhood all kind of gathering around, and they don't have anything to do. Half yeah. the city, more, more than half the city, doesn't have electricity or power, and so to be yeah. able to kind of be in that, right. we ex- well, you know, it's still like that commercial, right? You know that commercial where the guy's eating the chocolate chip cookies and he finds out he's in hell because there's no milk. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be could be that. Going, yeah. going to Maple Street and hearing uh-huh. music like that and not being able to drink a cold beer would be yeah. <laughs> would just yeah. be hellish. Yeah. That's right. So your, yeah. your little bit of ice was like mm-hmm. rescuing that. Yeah, I mean, it really it would have been the same experience without yeah. that. 
Mm-hmm. Well, we're we unfortunately we're coming to the end of our oh. evening, and I wanted to thank Anya and Brad for joining us. You are very and, welcome. Uh, thank you for having really us. Really enjoyed it, and I want to make sure too that before y'all leave, you uh, try some of Meatballs' special menu tonight. Well, I regret it. Definitely. He's right. got a lot of. Uh, Great choices for us tonight, so I hope you all stick around a little bit longer Thank and you. Uh, eat up. Thank you so much. This is such a delight. My pleasure. It's such an honor to have you all here. Uh, this has been Midnight Menu Plus One. Our show is recorded live at Ted's Frost Hop on Claiborne Avenue in Calhoun in Uptown New Orleans each week. Ted's is open seven days a week serving first-class burgers, beer, and their awesome homemade root beer in a frosty mug. Margo and I produce the show ourselves with very little help from anybody except Mitch Cry, our technical director. You can get in touch with us here at Midnight Menu Plus One by going to our website, itsneworleans.com. You can also tweet us, we're It's New Orleans, and you can like us on Facebook, where we are also It's New Orleans. And you can go to our website, itsneworleans.com, where you can, what a surprise, where you can sign up on our mailing list. Now, uh, on It's New Orleans, you can listen to other episodes of Midnight Menu Plus One, as well as other great New Orleans shows. There's Happy Hour, there's Mindset, True to the Game, and Out to Lunch. Now, if you're listening to the show on iTunes, thanks for subscribing. Um, Maybe you can take a minute to rate us and review us. That really helps other people finding us. Midnight Menu Plus One is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. So we meet again here at Ted's Frost Hop. I'm Ray Kanata. And I'm Margo Moss. See you back here on the next Midnight Menu Plus One. Bye. You know Labor Day signals the unofficial end of summer, but not the end of your outdoor projects. Lowe's helps you do it right and helps you save with Labor Day deals throughout the store. Shop now and get two bags of Stay Green Potty Mix for $12. And keep your lawn looking neat and trim with a Craftsman 2-Cycle 17-inch gas string trimmer now $20 off at just $119. Whatever's still on your to-do list this Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 828. Soil offer excludes Alaska and Hawaii, U.S. only.